You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hey guys, welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And I'm Riley. Oh, real quick on that one. And I'm Riley. <laughs> it's me. I'm here. <laughs> As seemingly always. No. <laughs> Not quite sure when that happened, but... When you kept inviting me. I did. I don't know why you act like I snuck onto it. Truly, every... You truly did sneak onto it. Truly, every week, you were like, great, when are we recording? No, it was progressive. It was like, I was doing the interviews by myself, and then you'd come on every second week, and then we had an interview you really wanted to be a part of, and I was like, yeah, of course you can come in that interview with me, and then I was like, do you want to do that again? And you're like, I want to do it again. And now... Because I bought you some really great uh, interviewees. Did you? Yeah. Oh. And I wanted to be a part of their interview. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was your way of weaseling in. Yes. Thank you to everyone that I've bought on. <laughs> everyone I paid off to uh, get out of this podcast. Uh, yeah, we have been very busy these last two weeks. We've had some wild fucking times. Bentley can attest as he yeah. barks his way through this episode. Uh, okay, first off, what are all the notes we have on this episode? Um, before we get into the work updates, how is just life in general for you? I feel like all over the place these past couple weeks. Yeah. Is it something in the air or is it just you and I? Like, I feel like I'm going a million miles a second. Yeah. I don't know. Like I've just been working a shit ton and then when I'm not working, I feel really drained and I feel like those days go really quickly. Like I don't know what I've even done in the past two weeks. Yeah. That's how I feel. I feel like I haven't been home lately. Like, I know, and Bentley clearly is angry at me because yeah. I'm finally home and now I'm not giving him attention. So you can hear him pitter-pattering around today and, and sniffing and barking. You and Sloan are as bad as each other. Okay, well, let's not get that crazy. He's not quite as bad as Sloan, but he's doing bad today. So I apologize to the listeners if you hear little pitter-patters of feet and Bentley begrudgingly making little noises at us. But yeah, no, I agree. I, well... Seeing someone new, when that happens, I tend to not spend much time in my own home. And I've been working a fuck ton, so I feel like that combination, I just have not been... I haven't... Like, you you saw a book on my table today, and you're like, oh, did you finish reading it? I was like, I have not even touched it this month. Like, I've just Mm -hmm. been so going nonstop. But I feel like we've also been putting a lot of fucking hours to work, which is good for our wallets, and it is good for the stories. We have a fuck ton of them today. So, first and foremost, do you remember... Did I, were you there? Were you, when were you there for this? Yes, you were. I we were going to the. It. I was truly there. Probably there. So much. Um, we were in the change room getting ready, and a girl was like, "I broke a man's dick today." Oh yeah. This is, this is how long. This is how jam packed these last two weeks would be. Doesn't yeah. that feel like it was like months ago? Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. We go into the change room. The girl's like, "I was like, how's your night going?" Obviously, me being the nice, friendly person I am, <laughs> once in a blue moon, and I was like, and she's like, "Oh my god, I broke a guy's dick today." And I was like, girl, you used to break hearts, not dicks. Like, you got the wrong memo. Uh, but she was like, yeah, I was dancing on him. And I don't know if she, like, backflipped on the dick yeah. wheel or something. But she said she, he put his hands in his pants because he, like, looked really been pain. And he pulled out and there's like, blood? <gasps> I do Yo. never want to see blood in a fucking lap dance. Like, right away. Uh-uh. No. Not no mine, to it all. Not yours. Nothing. Nothing. No blood. And, you know, I fuck with blood. Like, I love a good bloody fuck. I fuck fest. I love it. My horror obsession, mm-mm-mm, love that for me, in my personal life, but in the yeah. work scene, no. So yeah, apparently she just broke this man's dick. I don't know the full story. Next time I see her, remind me, we need to ask 
you know. Yeah, for the deets, the, the yeah. dirty dick deets. Dirty, dirty, bloody deets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a good start to the two weeks um, of this these past uh, work happenings. And then we had, I had a gentleman that took me for a dance. I brought you with him afterwards. He was on his bachelor party. And he was very, very lovely and gentlemanly-like. He was younger, and he kept just being like, bite me. And he was the one with, like, the, the button-up oh, shirt. He, a, he was uh, on a bachelor party? It was his party? bachelor party, yeah. I know, I it's funny when you hear that, and you're like, oh, wow, you did not behave like a bachelor. No. Um, actually, you did behave exactly like a bachelor. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but um, no, he's going to be like, bite me, bite you, oh, scratch me. Like, you can be abusive. I'm like, I will knock you the fuck out. Like, yeah. don't tell me. <laughs> Do not tell me that. This is why I'm winding up. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was very fun too. I brought you in on that one. We had some fun scratching him and scratching his chest yeah. and just, you know, being weird and crazy. Then I also had another, that same night was, that was a great night because I also had these two very unsuspecting younger men in the club, like maybe like early 20s. And one was really, really tall and skinny and one was like shorter. Um, and. They came up to me, and I figured they're going to be like, you know, how much is beer? Three dollars. That was yeah. the vibe I was getting. And they're like, can we go for a lap dance? And I was like, you both? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, because like double the money. And it yeah. was, they were so fucking polite and so fun. They were like tipping and throwing money. And then the one was like, um, I, I, I want to detail your car. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And they're like, in a maid outfit. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, be my simp. Like, I fucking love it. He's like, I'll be your sob. Like, I love that. And they were both like, 100% will detail your car. Like, yeah. you want to wear maid outfits and be your little bitch. And I'm like, be my little bitch. Love that for me. I and know. then I grabbed you and I was like, you need to come up with these guys. They're fucking dope. And then we spent, like, quite a few dances with them. And they were so fun. And then the next day, I, oh, fuck, I got to message him back. I just realized I didn't reply. But the next day, I do this all the time, which is terrible of me. Uh, the next day he messaged me, he's like, that was so much fun last night. I really want to detail your car. So it's always nice yeah. when like sober them like confirms that yeah. it wasn't just drunk promises. So I do need to get on my maid detailing. Yeah. Message. So I don't know what the deal was. I remember them saying that they had like a company for like car detailing or something Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And I was like, okay, but you're going to pay us, us to detail, to detail you. Cars? I was like, that is not a good business model. <laughs> yeah, they are hemorrhaging money. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you did it wrong, but uh, works for me. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 was a really fun little like. Um, and also, I don't know what their dynamic was. Like, they were yeah, maybe maybe curious with each other, which I love. I love to see that like openness. Um, but yeah, it was like it was a cool dynamic, and they were really really sweet and kind and gentlemanly and generous, which is the best quality a person can have. So that was really fun. I dragged you into that. We had some some mm-hmm. four-way fun doing some dances. And then another thing that happened was us sitting at the bar, as we do, um, because we're lazy. And uh, one of the waitresses comes over, and she's like, hey, these guys. And typically, they buy you a drink or whatever. And she's like, they bought you uh, guys each a bottle of water. Thank you. <laughs> and Love I a hydrated bitch. Too, actually. Love a hydrated bitch. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit of a weird move to not ask, um, to not ask what we were drinking or what we would like to drink. But I also do appreciate the fact that they didn't just send over alcohol. Like maybe we were sober, maybe we didn't drink. Yeah, we didn't have a drink in front of us that they could be like, "Can you just get, like get another, get another one, one?" Yeah. So yes, it was weird, but also like. I appreciate because I do not drink enough. Things they could, it was weird, but it was the worst things they could have done. And Lord knows I do not drink enough water. So, <laughs> 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 once again. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
pause for a water break. Yeah, no, that was interesting. And then you go for dances. So it's like you literally just bought a $5 bottle of water just to say hi. Yeah. To the back of our heads as we sat at the bar. Um, no, no, they were the ones that we got, know, we got up on one stage song yes, just because we were bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then what else has happened? Oh, we went for a dance with another gentleman and we do a lot of tag teaming dances, which is fun and, and I love it. And it's always fun to make money together, but you know, we'll be the first to admit that we have very different looks. <laughs> <laughs> is this the parking spot? Yes, guy? it is. Yeah. The parking spot man. So we're doing dances, obviously like our, amongst other things, our breasts are very different than one another's. So, he's like... Shocking, I know. Yeah, I know. I know you guys have never heard this in this, uh, this podcast, <laughs> but uh, I have really big boobs. And, and um, he's like open palm, open palm like towards us. And then he'd like put his hand kind of like on the, like on the sternum and then like slide it down to the belly button. Like that was kind of the move he was doing. Yeah. And he would do it to Riley with one hand, with his right hand, and then me with his left hand. And he'd like... Do it simultaneously, and then he'd be like, "I just want to park my face between your boobs." And we're like, "Oh, park it! It's like a parking spot." And he'd be like, "Yeah." He's like, and then he would like turn to Ryan, and be like, "Your parking space is wider for like a truck." And then he, <laughs> and he turned to me with like one finger and be like, "And your parking space is smaller, like a small car or a more motorcycle." Yeah. <laughs> and then he could be like, be like parking space big parking space small parking space <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny and we're like alright I yeah yeah park your motorcycle here absolutely park beep, your beep, semi reverse, <laughs> reverse into my parking yeah. space <laughs> people are wild what should they say and I always wonder in the morning when they wake up they're like what the fuck was I talking about parking a motorcycle with your dance <laughs> yeah like, does this just register oh, no, with this them? was like, in, during the day this was like a two in the afternoon yeah fire. yeah Oh my God. When has that stopped someone? When has that Truly. stopped someone? As Johnny Depp said in his trial, happy hours anytime. What else? Oh God. Okay. So last two weeks ago, a gentleman came in. I let's be honest. I'm just gonna like disclaimer. I use the term gentleman loosely in this, as opposed to saying cunt or asshole. <laughs> like it's really goes either way. Client man. A client, yeah. Uh, a guy came in, and, you know, the, the waitress grabbed me. I was like, oh, he wants to dance, and okay. So we go for a dance, and, you know, he's asking for, you know, extra things. And I'm like, yeah, best I can do. Like, as we, if he, if he listens to the podcast, you know, the best <laughs> I do is I can go from, like, you know, back to forward or forward to back. <laughs> you know, that's how I spice it up. Um, there is no penis touching. There is no penetration. There is no, of any orifices. Like, that just yeah. did not happen. Um, you know, I speak for me and you, who knows what the fuck else people do with their dances, but maybe we have really shit dances and it's just actually a fucking dance. So, uh, you know, he's asking for extra things. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't happen here. Like you, that you have to go to brothel. He doesn't really speak good English. So that's mm-hmm. also like using the term brothel probably doesn't land. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like just saying no. I'm like, nope. And he's like, dance. I'm like, dance, like just dance. 
Uh, so he's nice, you know, he pays tips, whatever. He's not rude and doesn't push anything. He leaves. He comes back a few days later and the waitress grabs me again. She's like, oh, this guy wants to dance. I turn around, I'm like, oh, for fuck. Like, <laughs> this guy, not for any more reason other than I know that what he's looking for is not what I do. Yeah. But that's fine. So we go for a dance. He's like, I rem- like, remember you or whatever he said in like yeah. broken English. And I was like, oh yeah, like I remember you too. And he's like, no sex. And I was like, no sex. Like, you're right. <laughs> and then, uh, and we go for, we go for some dances. And he undoes his belt buckle. And I'm like, no. And I, I, I step back right away. It's like I advise people to do. So it's very clear on cameras that, like, yeah. you are not partaking in this. And you are, you are you know, saying no. And I'm like, no. And he's like, no, no. And then he, like, goes into his, like, bag where he has it. has a little tissue. And he puts his tissue in his pants. And he puts his pants back up. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? I was like, uh... Uh, nah, <laughs> I was like, not, cannot compute. Yeah. That man has put a fucking, like, tissue in his pants because he thinks he's going to blow his fucking load. Firstly, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just wear a condom like a normal fucking Yeah, person. like a normal, normal club perf. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Don't come in your pants during a dance like a normal fucking person. Don't do it. Don't come in your pants. How about, no. Just fully no. Right away I don't no. know if you know, but No. No. Now you know and know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, I know that's a first. That was a first. And all the years down, that was a first. Like, I was, like, yeah. so unabashedly being like, let me get my, <laughs> my cum, my cum rag. Like a fucking napkin at a restaurant. Like, <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> like sucking it. He's like, attack, attack, attack. Uh, yeah, it was wild. I was like, oh. I was like, again, no sex. He's like, no sex, no sex. I'm like, no, no, whatever that was. Like, whatever the fuck no, that was. that thing. This thing, no. Anyways, he paid me really well. And he laughed. Oh, we're fucking bitter. Yeah, and he wasn't creepy, but it was like weirdly not creepy, which was even more weird. And then I like went back down to my manager, uh, and I was like, "That man just put a tissue in his pants." He's like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, exactly." What that face that you're doing right now is exactly that. the face that I had. You said upstairs. It on, you naked. It <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, what else is happening? Oh, went for a dance with the guy with the trains, the graffiti trains. Oh yeah, I yeah, wonder that. Whatever. Where in where he is at now? <laughs> uh, we went for a dance. He was very nice and kind and lovely, and he just kept saying. I deserve you. I deserve you. I deserve you. <laughs> you know what? I am here for like the self worth. I'm here for the. Uh, I what do love you call it when you like wake manifest? up and manifest. Yeah, yeah. Wake up and like stay, say those things in the mirror. Like, <laughs> yes, I now I was a part of it. I oh, was. Yeah. I am now part of his daily manifestation. His daily, yeah, the daily affirmations. This. That's exactly. Daily, I'm that's a part exactly. of his daily affirmations now. I deserve. Her. I, I deserve Danica. Deserve you. I deserve you. Me? Deserving Me? of you. you. <laughs> like, what the fuck is today? Like, what is happening today? Yeah. It's the same day. I was like, this is a weird-ass day. And then, yeah, he was very nice, though. And then he wanted to grab a drink after. I don't really drink too much at work ever. So, like, I, you know, I tell them I don't let a drink here, but we can go for dances later. Go out and enjoy your drink. So you and I are staying at the bar, as one does for 90% of our shift. And uh, he comes over, and he has a little bag with him. And he's like, oh, I want to say goodbye. I'm like, oh, that's very nice. Like, goodbye. And then he pulls out these trains, these model trains that he has graffitied. And he's like, I do graffiti, and I want you to have um, these trains. Lovely gesture. Love that for us. Love a gift. Chanel also works, but that's fine. Like, a <laughs> model trains and graffiti, close second. Uh, but the kicker was... <laughs> As he's leaving, (laughs) 
breakdance. <laughs> <laughs> he started with a moonwalk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. And then we were like, ah. And that, <laughs> and that was too much encouragement. Too, we encouraged way too much. We made too much eye contact. Yeah. And then it did not stop. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'd like it. And thus. I will continue. I shall do. I should do the most. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> Did you see a little robot? Little moonwalk, little robot. Yeah. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot. What I would do for the security camera footage? Yeah. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> it was crazy. And I just remember uh, our manager being at the bar and him just like looking over and be like, what the? And then he looks at us, he's like, what the? And we're like, what the? Like, what is life right now? And it was, it was enough, a long enough breakdown so that we could all pause, make eye contact, have a word about it, and, <laughs> and then come it, back, and he yeah, was still, still going. going <laughs> he was, like, on Act 8, like, Scene 8 of the, his breakdance movie. Um, yeah, it was wild. But that was good. Like, he's a nice, nice guy. Again, none of these guys were, like, remotely rude or disrespectful. It was just, you know, quirky little things that mm-hmm. happened that were like, this will be written down for the podcast. <laughs> Later. Uh, what else happened? Um, oh, speaking of lovely gentlemen in the podcast, you and I were sitting, and you had just come off stage. I think you had recently come off stage, so you were kind of advertising yourself. You know, the audience kind of gets to see you, and you came off stage, and you were sitting with me, and a gentleman walked up, and he said to you, do you do that podcast? I heard it on from with Jamie, or from Jamie. Yeah. And you were like, oh, yeah, actually, it's Danica's podcast, like, and you pointed to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, lo- I love you guys' podcast. I heard it through Jamie, which I assume is... Um, let's talk about let's sex, talk, Jamie. Let's talk about sex, Jamie. The podcast and podcaster that we had on on last season, whose podcast we were on last season mm-hmm. as well. Lovely gentleman from um, England. Great podcast. You guys check it out. Obviously, check out the episode we are on because it's you know obviously the best one. Um, and that was really nice. And he, you know he you know said his gratitude or whatever, and that was really sweet of him to mm-hmm. to take the moment to like acknowledge that. So. It's always nice, especially it's it, it hits differently too when it's like a square or a male that listens and you're like, oh, yeah, doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, it it took me off God really. I uh, he asked if I did the podcast and he's like, you know the the uh, what do you call it? Uh, like mental wellness for sex workers, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. We talking smack. We talking smack out in the wall. <laughs> Yeah, I had some characters too this week, actually. Yeah. Um, I had one guy who was lovely and would go for like multiple, multiple dances. I don't think you were here this day, actually. And um, he was great and lovely and respectful, um, kind of shy. And about like the sixth or seventh dance through, he started like vibrating under it. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was trying to, like... vibration. I'm picking up good vibrations. (laughs) (laughs) Did you sing it? (laughs) Well, no, because I didn't know how to address it. Because it wasn't like he was trying to grind on me. Like, that wasn't, like, the, the, like, mood. Like, he wasn't trying to, like, Uh use me to, like, you know, fill his tissue or whatever the fuck it was. His handkerchief. (laughs) Um, But he was just sort of, like, vibrating... As was I it a dance. quiver? Remember, like the guy when with Jean, um, with Jeremy's episode, I told you the guy was quivering. Yeah, but like, but more aggressive too long quiver for a quiver, extended quiver, yeah. if you will. And then, uh, like the same gentleman, like I, because I, a repeat like, offender, bo- yeah, body rolls and stuff. 
And he just like put his finger on my belly button. Belly buttons weird me out. I'm gonna say it. I was like, oh, it's such a terrible feeling when someone pokes you. Yeah, and just like sort of kept it there. Oh, and I was like, oh, next move then, and this one's gonna be in my butt. (laughs) Turn around. Did he put it in your bum? No. No. Oh, missed opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) No, like I was still like, but like this was beginning of the dance. I think the winner would come back up, and so like I was fully clothed. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to change the move so I'm, like, not here right now. <laughs> I'm anywhere but here. Um, so, yeah, so he was a little bit of a, a character. I had a guy um, bite my tit, which is not great. No, not okay. That was not fun. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. That thing, don't do it. Yeah, no. And not even, like, I mean, I don't let men put their mouths near me, but, like, he was just, like, like a little turtle. Like a little. Snapping turtle. Snapping turtle. I snapped. <laughs> Yum. Oh, ran right to the nip. Yeah. Um, I hate that for you. Yeah. Okay. And then we had uh, a client, I guess this would be a little bit ago. Um, and he had come over to join us for a drink and he asked to, uh, for us to go and join like him and his friends. Um, and I, we were eating potato tots at the time. Love a tot. <laughs> love me a tater tot. And he leaned forward to, like, like ask if you wanted to come back to his friend and, like, basically, like, introduce, like, introduce, like, wow. Introduce yourself? Introduce himself. His glasses dropped into oh, the potato tots. Yeah. This is in the fuck. Right into the tots. My poor tots. My tots. Yeah. <laughs> I so think I, I said that when it landed. I was like, my tots. <laughs> Because you can see when I'm at work, clearly my focus on making money. Yeah. <laughs> my tots. But he dropped his sunglasses into the potato tots, and then he like picked up his sunglasses. He didn't know. He didn't clue in first, and we're like, "You're my tots." And he's like, "Your glasses." And then he left, and he had left his like first drink there, and we're his like, "Hey, beer. your your beer. Okay, your beer." So he comes back, he puts his phone down, he grabs his beer with the same hand, and he starts walking away, and we were like. You're going to your phone. <laughs> that was the most chaotic, like, eight seconds. Of an exit. Of an exit. And we were like, surely this must be a joke. Like, he's coming back. And no, like, this messy. He wanders back over. He's like, oh, I forgot my phone here. <laughs> a whole mess of a man. Lovely man, but a whole mess. A whole damn mess. Yeah. And then later we were with a um, another client, and you just, you know when there's, like, a little bit of a, there's a spender, and then there's the leeches. Ugh. And uh, the spender was very lovely, um, but unfortunately, two people who he didn't know, he had met that day um, mm-hmm. from what I got, had joined him. They were trying, the leech was trying to... The um, leech. The yeah, leech. The leech. I'm going to call him the spender and the leech. Your good old uh, childhood fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. That's um, my time, the spender and the leech. Yeah. So the <laughs> leech was like, trying to get all over me was like, how much do you want for allowance? And I literally just turned to him. I was like, I don't. Keep From it you? Absolutely Keep it not. Um, but he was trying to say like, oh, we have this hot tub. We're going to oh kidnap you girls. Kidnap. And the spinner was like, uh, I have a hot tub. Yeah, we don't yeah, have a hot tub. I don't know what this fucking we is. And this guy's like trying to fucking touch me. So the spinner took pity and you took pity on me and like called me over. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then obviously the spender is like paying us for our time to be sitting with him. And, uh, this leech is like, Oh, can I borrow one of the girls? Can I, can we share? It's really hot when we share. 
And uh, I really thank this guy for it. But he goes, um, well, I haven't seen you give the girls any money. Not even a 20. And so this guy fucking pouts up and he comes back and like throws $60 at us each. pouting. And is like, I didn't have any cash on me. I didn't have any cash on me. And uh, the spender was just like... Now you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you don't even mark to give it to the girls. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he was, he was lovely. Um, and luckily the spender did like me. <laughs> and I had such an ego boost because the whole night he was just like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry, but if I counted it, it would have been a triple digit. Like it was annoying. Counting what? How many times he was like, you're beautiful. I love you. You're the prettiest one. Like, truly, like, he would interrupt people speaking to say it. I loved it for me. <laughs> yeah. But it was. It was a little, it was like, insistent. Yeah. I mean, still, love a compliment. Yeah. But it probably was, yeah, in, like, the triple digits in that time throughout the night that he was like, you're perfect. Your smile is amazing. Yeah. You are so gorgeous. You are the prettiest face I've ever seen. You're, you know, I don't think he's anything about my boobs. I think he was very respectful with yeah. the compliments he was saying. It was a lot. Um, but that's a fine. Like I, I'd rather someone like intrusively tell me how amazing I am than be a cunt. And he was spending a lot of money, so yeah. really a win-win. I will. Take oh, no, home I didn't say anything about it, but it was fucking insistent. It and was. if you, if it had been in reverse roles, you would have felt the same way. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I think it is inappropriate, maybe because you were there as well, and it was only directed towards me. And I think that can be like come across rude. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did try to do it where like if he gave me money I was like it's rude to only give me money you have to give the other girls money too yeah, so no, like, right. I made sure that he gave you and the other girls sitting with us money every time he gave me money um, but I, it, but you can't really do the compliments be like if you call me you have to say nice no, thing with everyone on the table not. first like, of course not but that's what I mean is like when you're now interrupting people speaking to like direct something just at you that you've said 9,000 times already I was like ready to fucking stab at you with a fork to be honest I, mean, I love that you're being loved but holy fuck can I not be there <laughs> yeah, it was a bit much. But he was very, very lovely. Yes, he and was. he was very, very good to us and very generous. And he totally understood how, how it works with, like, we're sitting with you, so you'll pay us to sit here or we have to go work elsewhere. And he was very much like, hey, yes. well, I like your company. You're lovely. You're perfect. Your face, your teeth. Here's money to stay here. Um, no, for sure. So. He was he was lovely. And I, I will not give you that wrong. And it only started to get annoying the last hour. <laughs> the hour, last hour. Really, yeah. bu- he really, he uh, really uh, doubled down. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, and then it was, yeah, we were, um, at the last hour, he was like, here's an extra 200 because you're so beautiful, and here's an extra 200 because your teeth are perfect, and here's an extra 200 and I was like, okay, I wish every compliment came with $200. Yeah. I love that for me. (laughs) Um, so, okay, moving on from, like, work stuff, do you have some more work stories to go? No, that's it. That's a lot, like, that's it, that's, that's it, our 800 hours of work recaps for two weeks. But we have been working a lot, and we worked a lot together, so we have crazy stories, which I'm sure you guys enjoy. You guys write and say you guys love the stories, so you're welcome. Um, random musings. This fucking eye. If you guys are on the Patreon, you guys can see it. If you're not on the Patreon, get on the fucking Patreon. Um, I got filler done in my tear trough area. Yeah, and I never gotten it done before there, and I had no fucking clue it would bruise like how it did. I posted it on the Instagram story, so you guys may have seen that. I had looked like I got to beat the shit out of me. Like my, both my eyes were super black. One specifically was really bad. Um, and it's been like a week and a half now and it's still like, I can't really hide it. It's still there under my eye, which is crazy. But I put on the Instagram and asked you guys for any suggestions on with bruising, how to heal it up faster. And you guys really wrote in with a lot of really good suggestions. And I obviously, I always appreciate, appreciate how much engagement you guys 
give us and helpful tips and everything. You guys are awesome with that. One person wrote in a message and it was really, um, it, it, it like was really helpful and it covered a lot and it kind of like included a lot of the other suggestions people wrote in. So I'm just going to read this off to you guys in case you ever need to get rid of some bruises. And knowing, especially if you're a pole dancer, we bruise the shit out of ourselves. And if you're anemic like me, I bruise like a peach. So <laughs> um, these might help you. She says, Arnica tablets as well as gel and vitamin K cream. Also eating vitamin K rich foods too. Kale, spinach, broccoli, lettuce, soybeans, Brussels sprouts, blueberries and strawberries, and bromelain is really good for bruises and inflammation, which you can either take as pills or just eat pineapple, which has a lot of bromelain, which is B-R-O-M-E-L-A-I-N. Apparently, it's mostly in pineapple stem. If your bruise has been there for a few days, then you can start applying heat, which will help disperse the bruise and get blood moving again in that area. If it's only disappeared, then you can apply cold ice pack. Just be careful of any pressure you apply to the area. As if it's as it's fillers, you don't want to manipulate or migrate the filler in the early days of its settling. Good luck. Found super helpful. So take note of that if you guys do have any kind of bruising you need to do. I know a friend of mine, um, he was telling me that like when you first get a bruise to like um, obviously not with filler, like she said, you don't want to like move your filler around, you don't want to manipulate the filler, but say you have like a bruise on your leg or something, if you, when you first get it, if you like, or when it first appears, if you like, um, like push the bruise around, you can like disperse the blood underneath the surface and it heals faster. And I've heard that from several people. So, um, obviously I didn't want to like push my eye filler around. So I've been like, yeah, all of a sudden I got like a temple filled. Um, so I've been like just, yeah, applying cold and hot and, and a lot of makeup and I do have the Arnica cream, which I don't know if it really does too much for me. I feel like this is excessive, but also I'm anemic. So I feel like my bruising probably lasts a lot longer because that too. Um, but yeah, bruising like a little fucking peach lately. Another thing I was going to pick your brain about, if you guys are familiar with, we were on a podcast called Interstates and Heartbreaks, which was a really good discussion we had before. And obviously I follow them on Instagram and they recently posted a question and I wanted your answer to it. And the question is, would you rather find out that their ex looks strikingly similar to you or absolutely nothing like you? I'm thinking. This is my thinking face. And you guys would know that if you're on the Patreon. It could see your face. Well, let's... Oh, that's a lot of editing. All right, let me choose a spot. <laughs> um, I don't think I carry the way. Nope. You don't get to cop out of this one. Would you rather you have to choose one or the other? Nothing alike. And your reasoning? Because I had to pick one. Riley, play the game. <laughs> um, because I think it's easier to not compare yourself to other people when you look completely different than like st- strikingly similar. Hmm. Like, did you just like? I'm guessing that you, you know, probably picked me up, you know, at some point. So, did you look across the bite, see that I looked like your ex, and come on over? Or did you see me, you thought that I looked nice, and come on over? Mm. I definitely think there's, like, pros and cons to both, right? Like, in that sense, you could rationalize, okay, well, you know, they don't really go too much for looks. They must like my personality because they like someone who's completely opposite of me. 
you can still like someone for their looks and have them different. Like you, people. No, I'm not saying they don't choose highs. you for your looks, but like you're saying, like, did they just look at me and see that like, I'm similar to her? So I'll yeah. look into her, right? Like at that sense, like yeah, the opposite of what you're saying yeah. is that they didn't just go for you for your looks, like they because you looked like their ex, right? Yeah. Well, and I, then I guess so. And then the opposite, like for me, I would think like I would almost think I personally probably rather them date someone who looks similar to me because I think they're like okay, well they know what they like. As opposed to they, they will date any looks. They don't give a fuck what someone looks like. They have no type. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, I don't know. I just, I think like, yeah. But what if for once you were the Walmart version? When would I ever be that? <laughs> Who the fuck would I be a Walmart version to? <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. If you are my Walmart version, wait, 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 let us know how it feels. <laughs> no, but Must that's suck. what I mean. Like, if you look strikingly similar to mm-hmm. someone... I think it's just way easier to, like, compare yourself. I guess that comes to, like, if you're secure or not in yourself, right? Like, I would think I would compare myself more if someone didn't look like me. I'd be like, okay, so did he wish I was, you know, this, like, her? Does he like this about her more? He's he's gone after you regardless of what his ex-girlfriend looks like. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would rather them look similar to me. Yeah, I think I would. I think I'd choose the opposite. Okay. But I, I get what you're saying. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Also, the, yeah, then is they just with you because you look like their ex, like. Yeah, and they just, like, couldn't have their ex and wanted, like, the next best yeah. thing. Again, if you uh, write it until it's yeah. how it feels. Like, I, w- I think, like, it would be good if they, if you broke up with them and then they got with someone that looked like you. yeah. But the op, like being the the, the next, next person, I know. Thank you. I'd rather look different. Yeah, I agree. That thing yeah. you just said, yes, that that one. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it's 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 a compliment when they try to date someone who looks like you, yeah. but pales in comparison. And then you're like, okay, well, you're trying. You're trying to still have me, but mm-hmm. you couldn't find it, so you went for the Walmart version. As opposed to yeah, if they all of a sudden like switch gears and went for something completely different, you'd be like, was I even your type? Yeah, like, exactly. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. That one. We agree. You did good. You win the prize of being on the podcast for another week. <laughs> okay, next one. The ultimate survival. <laughs> one more week. Uh, performative receiving. So there is a really good uh, Instagram page called Clitterly the Best. Love that. <laughs> and they have an infographic called What is Performative Receiving? I'm just going to give it a read here. You've heard of faking orgasms. Have you heard of performative receiving? Performative sex is the act of pretending to enjoy sexual acts to please your partner or partners. Performative receiving is a fairly common thing, and many of us think, I hope they like this, I hope I don't smell, or are they actually enjoying this? This can lead us to being in the wrong headspace for an orgasm, so we end up pretending or performing as opposed to telling our partner how we feel. Performing, performative receiving is not limited to one gender. Performative receiving slash sex can be for so many reasons and it can be so hard to break out of that habit or way of thinking. It's important to remind yourself that sex doesn't have set steps. It doesn't need to end with one or both of you orgasming. Sex should end when either of you have had enough. It's important to communicate what feels good to your partner and it may feel scary at first, but it will lead to better sex overall. Plus, telling your partner what feels good can be super hot. So have you had experience with performative sex or performative receiving and how did you navigate that i think if anyone's like faked an orgasm there's been performative receiving leading mm-hmm. up to it mm-hmm. you don't just like 
Oh, that was on the <laughs> oh, look at that one, Jane. That's really not um, great. My God, I thought I really thought you just came. <laughs> no, I'm very good at very good at. Uh, oh my God, it's unbelievable. It. Got off my couch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure I do it, but I feel like, well, I've definitely done it. I think that like any woman who hasn't is a fucking liar. <laughs> do you think it is more gender specific to women? No, I say like uh, because I think women are more uh, inclined to fake an orgasm, and there's that lead up that mm. I would, yeah, I would bet that like not maybe that they're more inclined to um, performatively receive, but like I don't think that you can have one without the other, really. Well, like with orgasm, like a fake an orgasm without performative receiving. I mean, I don't think you can separate that but i'm you can have performative receiving without the faking of an orgasm of course yeah yeah i i would i would dare say that women or women presenting are more likely to performatively receive than a man would i think just like my interactions with men and the discussions i've had um in a sexual dialogue with men it seems like men truly don't give a fuck yeah (laughs) for the most part if you know, how their body's looking in bed or like, you know, are they arching their back right or are they flipping their hair right or, yeah. you know, um, not to say that they don't, like that they don't think about this. I know I've also had these conversations with men where they they start to get anxiety about performance anxiety or performance mm-hmm. or worrying about keeping their penis erect or worried about how long their orgasm's taking. Like, I, I totally hear and validate that men do have those concerns as well. But I do think there's a pressure on women to be this porn star in bed regardless if the song's feeling good or not yeah um and that yeah like uh, i think a lot of women struggle with vaginal um penetrative orgasm but we're told that you know every woman can come from this and squirt and do all these things so i think yeah when especially when you're starting your sexual journey and you're not having uh vaginal penetrative orgasms or you're not a squirter um i think sometimes you have that dialogue in your head of like what's wrong with me? Am I not like most people? Or am I doing something wrong? Or will they not like me if I'm not like the porn star they saw on the screen? Yeah, I think that narrative is changing, though. I think it's something like only 40% of women can or have come from uh, penetrative Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not not very common to come from penetrative sex. But I think, like... I think sometimes when we... When me and I... You and I talk and we say, like, the narrative's changing, the society's changing... We also have to acknowledge that we are in a very small group of people that are mm-hmm. very, very much more. Oh, yes. Very we much more. Very much more. <laughs> um, explorative sexually, expressive sexually. Mm-hmm. We have these conversations. We're much more knowledgeable sexually than a lot of people. So it would be curious to, like, put on another hat and, like, go into the square world and hear people talking about sex. And, and are, do they know that these things are not as common as... Yeah, well, I mean, just, like, think back to when you first started having sex. Like, were you that knowledgeable about it? Like, I certainly wasn't. Um, to be honest, obviously not knowledgeable about, like, how to fuck good. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't think I was in bad way ever, but, like, um, I was very informed about, like, expectations for orgasms and stuff. But that's, that's no, a no, huge... No, no, not that, but, like, did you go into it knowing that, like, Women didn't really have yes. like penetrative. Yeah, mm. but that's a hundred percent a testament to my mother having a really thorough sex talk with me when I was young mm, about like these are expectations as a woman in bed and like 
these are things you don't need to expect your body to be able to do or like my mom was very very um like shout out to her for like definitely being very like you know squirting doesn't necessarily happen for a lot of women like she was she was very good about that um so I did like know those things but I think I'm definitely an outlier I'm like a rarity with that knowledge yeah my mom gave me a book and I threw it under the bed oh my mom drew diagrams oh how many diagrams oh yeah do you still have oh yeah very very detailed Mm. (laughs) even added the hair (laughs) (laughs) good because body hair is normal yeah truly um yeah i think question what's your experience even now even at like my age and my experiences i still catch myself even with long-term partners i still catch myself performing in bed and then I guess part of me wonders, like, where is that line of, like, yeah, you, like, yes, of course. Like, yeah, you're not going to be a starfish. You are going to perform to yeah. some degree. And not all of it's just because it feels good for you to perform like that. Sometimes it's because you know, like, the person I'm sleeping with now, like, they're very visual in bed. So, like, I know, that, like, to arch my back in this way gives them a really good view that they can jerk off to later. So, mm-hmm. like, I'll do that position because I know it's, like, something that make them happy. Is that performative? Because it's not, like, for me that I'm doing that. But I'm also getting aroused knowing that it arouses them. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's this weird yeah. little dialogue I have myself of, like, wanting to be, like, are you, like, a better person if you're only having sex the way you want to have sex? No. Well, I think performative uh, receiving is you do these things and you're not enjoying yeah, I, it. Yeah, under the guise that you're, like, enjoying yeah. this. So you, you know, almost like the idea of, like, being, like, the cool girl. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like... Um, I don't think... I mean, personally... Like... I can sit on a roller coaster and go, like, through the motions without, you know, performing that I'm having fun. Like, I can just sit there, right? Mm. Or I can, like, throw my arms up or, like, gig... Like, you know, you can do other things that, like, add to the experience. Um... Does one or the other mean that you're not enjoying the roller coaster ride? I guess, like, if you were to go on the roller coaster, which you fucking hated, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a good time at all, and like threw your hands up and like wooed or whatever the fuck people do, mm-hmm. then like that would be performative as yeah. opposed to like just enhancing the experience yeah. for everyone. Yeah, I think you there know? is this like gray area, but and only you really know, like, yeah, and maybe it maybe sometimes. Like, it's in hindsight. Maybe, like, you know, you have, you know, you're lying in bed and you're like, I don't really, I didn't really enjoy that. Yeah. Like, and, like, I think there's this also this, this dialogue around, like, faking orgasms. Is it always bad to fake an orgasm? Um, I, I, sometimes you just want it to stop, you know? <laughs> okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um, like, when I've taken one night stands home. I have absolutely faked orgasms just to make it stop. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's funny because as we know, men don't really care if you orgasm or not. <laughs> no, but then they're like, <laughs> yeah, it's more definitive. Like, let's end this. Yeah, exactly. wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Truly. Um, or they're like all fucking talking. They're like, I'm gonna make you come, oh. and you're like, okay, well, you did it, so it's <laughs> move yeah, on. Good job. <laughs> a team. Yeah, I go home now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, totally. But I think that like. It's, it's bad if you are maybe uh, with a partner, or I guess this is how I would see it. Is my fake orgasm or my performative receiving telling my partner that I like something that I actually don't? Mm-hmm. Or is my performative 
uh, receiving, telling my partner that I do like something, maybe that I'm just not going to orgasm because I'm too in my head. Yeah. You know, like, who knows? It's, yeah. I think it can be as much as like explicitly saying, um, I like that is helpful. Um, and I'm definitely like with my current partner, I'm definitely like expressive. I, I was going to say like, I, if I'm, if I'm not going to orgasm, if I'm too in my head, like I communicate that mm-hmm. to, I, I'm, I don't fake orgasms yeah. with my partner. Yeah. You express it's, it's unconstructive, you know? Yeah. But I think if you can use it in a constructive way, then I mean, are you helping him or, or your partner or are you helping yourself? Yeah. As how I would maybe draw the line. Yeah. Or do you just want to make your one night stand stop and for him to go, for them to go home, you know? Stop and exit stage left. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it is definitely like an interesting discussion Mm -hmm. regarding faking orgasms. Is it ever right? Does it serve a purpose? Um, And I think that really does come down to the individual relationships and like, the dialogue you have with that person and like the communicative ability you have with them. Um, but definitely a discussion point to have. I know we have a lot to go over today, so we yeah. don't really have time to dive deeper into it, but maybe you and I table it. We put it on the Instagram story. Do you guys think faking an orgasm is a good thing or a bad thing or a gray area? How, mm-hmm. why, why, let us know. I'll post on the Instagram story as well and you and I can come back to it and yeah. read through them and then give a solidified answer of what we think. I'm going to um, just add one more thing. Go on. Let's do I it. I salute any woman who has the balls to say, no, you did not make me come. And do if I was to ever go back into the dating world again, I would absolutely do that. But like when I was having one night stands, I was like, 18 or 19 you know like I was young and there was also that you know I fear that if you told a guy he wasn't good in bed or that you didn't come he got aggressive like in a one night stand sort of situation absolutely no way I'm confronting him like that I don't know men are unpredictable truly all right so speaking of Instagram stories questions a good friend of mine who is also or was in the industry Uh, is currently completing a university degree in Alberta and one of her projects um, she asked my help with and she messaged me saying, hey girl, so I'm working on an assignment for one of my classes and I'm doing a community assessment of the sex work community. Part of the assignment involves me asking some questions to stakeholders in the community and I can't think of anyone better than you to ask these questions. Do you mind answering a few? And I said, fuck yes. <laughs> Love me some university. Absolutely. Love me some questions. Throw them my way. I'll do you one better. I'll post it on my podcast Instagram page so more stakeholders in the community can have their voice heard. And, uh, yeah, you guys had some really good answers. Um, there were, I think I had, like, I can't even remember the number. It was an absurd number of responses. But your guys' responses were very similar to mine and Riley's. So we're going to kind of talk about our responses to them Um I definitely don't have time to go through all of them. But she is going to have that assignment wrapped up in a few weeks here. And I'm super excited for her to send me the copy and read through it because nothing I like more than reading about the sex work community in academia because I love that we're slowly infiltrating. Yeah, love to see it. (laughs) Love to see it. The first question is, what are the main problems or issues sex workers encounter in society or in the workplace. So for my answer for that, I said uh, racism, sexism, 
Uh, dating can be a nightmare, being ostracized, finding rental places um, as an out there sex worker, finding jobs in a square world when people know you are or have been a sex worker. You have no labor rights, no job security. Um, those are kind of just like the, the, the quick ones I threw out her way. Mm-hmm. And then I also said, you know, the incorrect, harmful... I also said the incorrect and harmful stigma that currently exists about the sex work in society, for example, that we all have drug and alcohol problems, that we all come from broken homes, that sex work is a last resort or a metric of failure in our society, that sex work requires zero skill, that no one would ever love or want to date us, um, that you can't be a sex worker and a feminist um, isn't, you know, um, this narrative we hear a lot. Um, and then obviously that sex work is inherently dangerous when really it's the laws that are making it dangerous because it doesn't allow sex workers the safety rights that we should have. Um, and then, you know, the stigma makes dangerous because it encourages society to look at us as lesser than, and then when we tell people that a group of people are lesser than, it helps them justify treating us poorly. Um, and then in turn, when a sex worker gets treated poorly, they have less likely to be able to get help from cops, witnesses, et cetera. So that was kind of my brief kind of answer to her, um, which I went to more detail when her and I discussed it, but... Um, what was your answer to that question? What are the main problems or issues sex workers encounter in society and in the workplace? Um, in the workplace, definitely the lack of job security. The fact that a club can really fire you for no reason um, without warning. You get no severance or anything like that. Obviously, typically you are a, um, a independent contractor. Also that you can be politically blackballed from other clubs um, depending on how it works in your city. I've heard that, you know, some clubs that are owned by the same people or no people that are own other clubs, suddenly you won't get hired anywhere. Um, and then just, I mean, these are not always, um, indifferent to independent contractors, but just the fact that you have like no sick pay or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the job security is really a huge one. Also the fact that like you don't have any labor rights, so you can't go to someone and say that I was unfairly fired because um, people don't really care. Um, and then also, uh, in terms of society, um, th- yeah, the lack of awareness that um, sex work is a real job. Um, you know, we always talk about the holes in the resume that happens um, when you're a sex worker because people don't understand the skills that it takes to do our job um the fact that we have to fight for the um for the right to like have proper laws to be protected um and that we're you know scared to go to police and stuff if something happens um also the fact that we have to justify why we do sex work um yeah those are i mean i could rattle off for ages. but we do not have time <laughs> we certainly do not there's a lot of problems yeah. <laughs> it's our grant our it's know. hard to like Basically, um, uh, if to sum it all up, people don't value sex work. A thousand percent. Or sex workers. Yeah. Our second question here, what in your opinion needs to be changed in order to address these problems? So the three short, you know, realistic things I think that need to get changed is the labor rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, society needs to be educated in what sex work really is and the good things it can bring with it. And then our laws are bullshit and the current Nordic model needs to go. Yeah, it needs uh, sex work needs to be decriminalized. Yeah, I think, and, and, and it's the fact that this is such an obvious thing that the fact yeah. that it's, it's screamed off the fucking rooftops, and somehow people are still asking, like, well, what can we do to help? Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck you mean? I don't know. Listen to sex workers. Yeah, they'll listen to the actual community. Yeah, if I was, yeah, I mean, and then it's a snowball effect, right? Like suddenly you're not working out of the um, the 
uh, law world and then suddenly, you know, automatically you get respect because nothing you do is illegal. Mm-hmm. Or at least a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to fight getting help from the police. Right. Third one here. What specific safety concerns do sex workers experience? Uh, my five answers here were sexual and physical assaults, being outed or doxxed, uh, being robbed, emotional abuse, and verbal abuse. So I, those are really mm-hmm. you know, general ideas, but I think they kind of, pretty much all the abuses, <laughs> yeah. all the versions of abuse. Um, not being able to get help, proper help, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Especially like, when these abuses take place. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's a, I mean, you can't really have one without the other. Like, Definitely. People feel like they can attack sex workers because we can't get help and we can't get help when people attack sex workers. Yeah. Yeah. It's a circular problem for yeah. sure. And last one here. Since doing the podcast, have you noticed a shift or any changes in how people perceive or judge sex work? So, you know, I said, I've actually had a lot of people write into me telling me that they were either had either listened to my podcast and or were a student in my guest lecture at the university and that hearing my story and the stories of my guests have made them look at sex work differently and realize it as a real job and that we're real people, which has been super, super fucking rewarding. Um, yeah, it's, it's been the most rewarding thing to hear, I think, from people. Um, I've also had girls stop me at work and tell me that they've, you know, passed on my podcast off to their either square friends or clients or family members or partners um, to help them better understand sex work and sex workers. And that's also super cool to see, like, the reach it can have and that it can help um, kind of begin these conversations and help kind of um, maybe say the things that other people aren't comfortable saying or in a way that they might not be able to say it themselves. Um, I think... I think that's a really powerful tool when you want to have a conversation with someone to kind of preface it and have this kind of idea of before we have this conversation, I want you to check out this podcast or before Mm -hmm. or read this book or, you know, look into this um, and then we can go further in this conversation. I think it's kind of cool to be like that kind of like at the forefront for some people to have that dialogue. And then um, lastly, I was saying that you actually, my girlfriend, I said in, in the, in the email I sent her, but about you who else are my friends uh <laughs> that you got stopped at the club um bathroom the other day um by a random female patron and that she was like uh, oh I used to you know be so close-minded and judgmental and then this stripper came in and lectured at my class and it totally changed my mind on you know what you guys do and what sex work is about what stripping is about and then you were like oh she actually works here um and then you know she found me and was like oh my god I love you like I love what you told this class mm-hmm. and like um, it was really cute. It's it's cool. It's like you know, yeah, you're minded. I, I love that question, and I I really have loved to see like the response of people like that as well, and especially like civilians, you know, coming in and 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 having their minds changed about it. Um, I think that we really need to um, also understand that we are in an echo chamber of our own doing. Like our podcast is reaching places that are sex worker adjacent you know people choose to take that sex work and legality class um people choose to pass on our podcast like we're not um unfortunately as we as try as we might we're not as like big to just like for a lot of civilians to um to reach out and listen and have their minds changed um and i can't wait for that to happen Mm -hmm. yeah well it's only um up from here right it only gets bigger and bigger so 
Um, it has to kind of start in your own community, and that's how it kind of bleeds into absolutely you guys spreading it, you guys rating, reviewing, subscribing, yeah. all that good stuff. <laughs> Subtle hint. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am really proud to be a part of this podcast and what this podcast does. Um, I am just also very real- realistic about the amount of change that needs to happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, like even we, we were talking about the orgasm stuff. Yeah, like we are in a community. Um, the signs you forget. The outside world isn't as open-minded mm-hmm. and sexually adventurous and sexually oh knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. When you step out and you talk to a square, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. A friend of mine <laughs> has a roommate. And so I made this friend, like, a collage of my tits. Like, I just went onto Snapchat and, like, copied and pasted my tits. friend, yeah. Exactly. And it was as one does. a magnet. And she got a new roommate. And her roommate was, like, I guess for a better word, like, offended. that Like, didn't want my nipples on the fridge. Like... Did not feel like that was appropriate to have in the house. Like, but it just made me realize, like, what an echo chamber. And uh, fuck, I'll stay in this all fucking day. You know, like, I, I, w- I want to stay in a community that is so sex positive and sex work positive. But it just, like, briefly makes me forget about how shitty the outside world is, you know. A thousand percent. It's, yeah, how much work actually needs to get mm-hmm. done. Yeah. yeah. A, a thousand percent. Um, obviously, some closing marks on on this this topic. Um you know, I, I love that my girlfriend is using her academic um, venture, the platform, as a chance to really share um, the important information regarding the sex work community um, and the sex industry and give it a voice, especially within regards to academia, because I think that's something that we are constantly left out of mm-hmm. um, so, so often, girls who are either working as sex workers or previously worked as sex workers, they tend to move into other things sometimes and then completely um, kind of disown the community. I've seen that happen a lot. Yeah. Um, I understand. I totally understand um, why someone would choose to do that. Um, and not that I ever thought this individual would because I know I know her very well, but I really do appreciate that, you know, she's, you know, kind of stepped away from sex work, but... She's now going a step further in her academic ventures and being like, I still want to acknowledge the community I came from and how can I get these voices heard and how can I kind of draw attention to this cause and, and this, these important things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's awesome and I would love to see more of that kind of um, happening as people either enter in academia or are in academia and starting to become more comfortable. And like, yeah, well, she's not out as a sex worker. So she's fully doing this as, um, someone who's just interested in the community and use, and that's why she's using myself and other voices to state these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a way to do it where you're not doxing yourself or outing yourself, but you can still help the community. So, yeah, well, uh, actually there's that Congress, uh, person running for Congress, I believe Alexandra, I want to say Alexandra Hunt, but I, I'm, I can't look it up right now because my phone's filming me because we need a better system. Yes, we will do a better um, system soon. But it's really great to see somebody who hasn't forgotten that they got through school because of stripping um, and is now very, like, proud and very much, like, you know, pushing for sex worker rights. But actually, if you guys know her or know how to get in contact with her, we would love to have her on the podcast. Yes, we would. Yes, you would. Stay hydrated. <laughs> and stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Because we are running long today, and I got to go get that dick. Uh, listener emails and questions and comments and statements and all the goods. I'm gonna, I grabbed out three of them. The first one was just a statement. 
Since you dropped the podcast, WestJet has been hit with a class action lawsuit by flight attendants citing sexual harassment from pilots and a culture of covering it up. Hashtag stop glamorizing the air travel. Uh, okay, so if you guys don't know, that is a reference to uh, our and Aries um, podcast. Episode 106. Yes, episode 106, the interview that was last week um, where we discuss um, the TikTok, uh, TikTok comments following talking about our work on the internet and um, so-called glamorizing it every time that we don't do the danger disclaimer, as mm-hmm. I called it. So we discussed, uh, yeah, talking about air hostesses and servers and stuff like that and how they're allowed to post on the internet but no one asks for the dangers of their jobs so that is terrible to hear that it's happening but i think it's just like but it's great that they're coming up with a class action yes, lawsuit absolutely that's incredible and Good i for them. i wish All only su- success for those yes. those people who are and healing yeah absolutely i hope this gives them a little bit of closure and a little bit of uh you know yeah. But yeah, it just goes to show like it's it's everywhere. It's it's not sex work that's the problem. Yeah, it's it's men. <laughs> yeah, it's sexual assaulters. Yeah, uh, I love hashtag stop glamorizing air travel. <laughs> love love a joke. Yeah. All right, next. Did you post that on the story? You need to. I probably should actually. Uh, next one. This is comments regarding I believe episode one hundred and five. It goes, I'm just catching up on podcasts regarding house fees at clubs everywhere. None none of the clubs I worked out in New Zealand had house fees, and I believe in Queensland, Australia, they operate the same way. Instead, the prices are generally higher, and all payments go through the bar. We never handle any cash, and at the end of each week, you're paid out of all your bookings. For regular lap dances, it's 60% of the dancer, and the minimum I saw anywhere was $100 for either 10 or 15 minutes, so you would keep 60 of that. Some clubs had VIP rooms, and you would get 50% cut generally from the room would be either 500 keep 250 or 650 keep 325 for the hour i did like this way of them operating because it felt like it was a slower night you didn't go home in the red even if you just made tips you'd leave with money but nights you're busy it can feel like you should have had way more than what you got example two hours in a 500 room on an hour 650 room and some dances you have a grand but felt like it was a lot of work for what you got and regarding putting prices up at the orange this, I believe, is the episode with Jeremy talking about the price increase. Yeah. At the club I work at in Melbourne, we have the highest VIP room rate in the city. It's four hundred dollars, keep three twenty-five, or seven fifty, keep six hundred seventy-five rate to the club per half hour. And I'm pretty sure all the other clubs are four hundred for the hour, but VIP rooms are still always busy. I think if people are in the club, they just pay it. And for the period episode, I know a girl who has a diva cup sucked out her IUD. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I have a copper IUD too. And also suffer from WAP syndrome, as Riley called it. <laughs> and I wear a tampon every time I work. I'm going to check out the reusable applicators. Yeah, great. That was a lot of uh, info. Yeah, I have a girlfriend that works in Australia. Um, I believe she keeps all of her cash. Mm, yeah. But anything that is Rooms. through um, Visa right. is goes through the club, and then she's given like a check, like, right. like they said. Um, I think that in the particular place that she's at, it might be a, a little bit more expensive than mm. what they're saying, but I'm not really sure. But that's a hefty cut. I would rather pay my floor fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I would pay floor fee as well yeah. and keep most of it. It's just crazy how different, how different every place is. Totally. It's wild. 
And a question here before we go. Hi, Danica. I absolutely love your podcast. I recently discovered it and have been binging it start to finish. Oh, my God. Imagine hearing our voices that much. I get sick of us. Poor soul. Slow down. My (laughs) editing. I'm like, I don't want to hear my voice no more. I am an aspiring stage dancer from Ontario, but moving to Vancouver soon. And I'm wondering what level of pole is required to be hired as a stage stripper. I've been taking pole classes on and off for the last few years, and I'm still at the intermediate level. Are advanced pole tricks required to do stage? Are there certain skills you'd recommend I focus on? I see all these amazing dancers on Instagram doing tricks I am far from learning, so I'm not sure if it's something I can do yet. Also, are stage shows choreographed, or is it mostly freestyling? Thank you. The reason I pulled this question was because Riley recently started stage for the first time, being actually scheduled for it, so it is... Um, something her and I have been talking a lot about and going over her stage and critiquing and adapting and changing things and, mm-hmm. and finding what works for her and what works for the club she's at. Um, so let's break it down for the first question here. Um, How much pole do you need? Absolutely not. Are advanced pole tricks required to stage? No. There's a lot of girls who don't even fucking touch the pole. Are certain skills you'd recommend to focus on? I told Riley when she first started stage that floor work is the best thing to make money. It's always been like that for me. Um, or, I mean, not really or, but do uh, floor, floor kills, um, engaging with the audience is good. Um, but finding something that you do that other people can't. So with regards to me, flexibility, I am very flexible. It comes easy to me. So I really rely on flexibility moves because I know the other girls that are going to be on stage will not be able to do what I'm doing. So it makes me stand out. So if there's something that you can do that other girls are not capable of doing or don't typically do, finding your own kind of niche, your own kind of little thing that you, that makes you you on stage, like definitely play that up the most. Um, also, if you listen to Rachel's uh, interview, one of four, mm-hmm. um, she said that, I mean, she's been dancing for, you know, almost a decade or something like that. And she said that she knows three pole tricks. Yeah. And th- there's a lot of girls that literally don't even make contact with the pole. I mean, again, this is totally club dependent Mm -hmm. some clubs will require you to have pole skills so your best bet is to truly talk to girls that are doing stage at that whatever club you are auditioning to or whatever club you are hired at but from my experience there's been a dramatic shift in girls being on stage with less skills than they used Mm -hmm. to be and I think that's pretty universal like I've talked to a lot of older dancers and we've all kind of said that that the there's a lot less performances happening now on stage that there used to be a lot more costumes a lot more stage a lot more character um now it's a lot more like shoe models going on stage which i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing um are there certain skills you recommend folks on yes like i just said um i see all these amazing dance on instagram doing tricks i'm far from learning um yeah don't worry about it you don't need to are stage shows choreographed depends on the dancer um i think especially if you're nervous having like a, a show in your mind that of the moves you typically do or how you want to transition from different moves, maybe even just having five to 10 moves that you really love that you know you're going to use throughout your set um, and kind of having them down pat and, and knowing in what order you want to use them. um, I think that will help you be a little more confident. Um, Back in the day, yes, we choreographed entire routines for things. I think girls don't really do that much anymore now. Um, But I think if you're nervous, having something like, a routine that you're comfortable with that you could pull out of your back pocket and do uh, by muscle memory, I think is beneficial for mm-hmm. sure. In Vancouver, um, you typically dance for four songs um, at, and it has to be around 14 minutes. So choreographing an entire 
um, show piece that's 14 minutes is maybe not um, the best way. I would, as you said, I would have like little things that you can go in when you're like not really sure what to do. You, you know, muscle memory into some moves, but you also don't want to just go up there, choreograph, you know, there's sometimes there's going to be a couple people in the audience. Some people, sometimes there's going to be a bunch of people in the audience. And so you want to be able to be flexible enough to either ignore the people that are not tipping and then go to the ones that are tipping. You don't want to just get on stage, do your choreography for 14 minutes and forget to go and give people who are tipping extra attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think don't worry about the pole stuff, Mm-mm. have some good floor work down, learn good transitions. Um, you know, have some outfits that you feel good in. Costumes aren't really a thing anymore for most part. Um, and then just have some music that you really like that you think the audience will really like. Yeah. Um, and that music should change whether you're on day or night or whatever, if you if you understand how to work the club. But yeah, um, let us know how your journey goes. Honestly, just have fun with it. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Um, you'll make more money just looking like you're enjoying being up there rather than the actual skills you're bringing to the table, I find. Yeah, um, so. I'm... Uh... I have a lot of room for improvement to, to go. Like I just truly just started. I, I did a week, mm-hmm. um, and growing up competitive nature or like competitively dancing, I'm always looking to improve. So as long as you can get up there and look like you're, yeah, exactly. Having fun, look like you're, you know, somewhat comfortable. I definitely was fine with the fact that I looked new, um, and that sells too, yeah. right? Like looking new sells. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like when you first started, you like, I came in on your first few days and I watched your stage sets and I was like, Hey, this looks good from an audience perspective. Yeah. This I maybe wouldn't do as much or I would change this up. Yeah. So if you have a friend that's you, that you value their opinion or they are some kind of experience, they have some kind of experience performing, yeah. um, ask them to come watch your stage show and be like, Hey, did this, did this look good to you yeah. from the audience perspective? And we'll be helpful. honest as well. Like, yeah. You got it. Like, if you're going to get up there, you're better off getting critiqued and improved than mm-hmm. go up there and think that you're hot shit and oh, you're God, yeah. a bundling mess. Yes, go up and be humble. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Because the, the amount of girls that are really bad dancers and then walk around and be like, I'm the best dancer here. And you're like, oh, what? <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Oh, tremendous. Tragic. <laughs> um, okay. We should actually have an episode on, like, you talking more about your first time on stage and yeah I was gonna bring it up actually oh yeah let's um (laughs) do that next episode because oh oh, we're bringing it up um but this episode we are running out of time before we let you guys go just a reminder all the patreon stuff Mm -hmm. make sure sign up um we have all the goods on there you guys are absolutely gonna love being on there uh so definitely check that out all right guys as always thank you for listening you can find me on instagram at five zero plus tip on instagram or email at FizerPlusTip at gmail.com. Send in questions, comments, all that good stuff. Check out the Instagram because I'll be posting story questions. And I love when you guys write in. You guys are super interactive and we love interacting with you guys. So definitely keep an eye on that. Other than that, have a wonderful week. And happy whoring. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.